Hey everyone, I'm Erica Bazell, and in the over 10 years I've been in the health and wellness industry, I have become so passionate about all things wellness. I have a crazy love for learning and have devoted my career to sharing everything that I learned so that you can live your healthiest, most energized, highest vibe life. Each week I will share with you my thoughts on wellness, everything from fitness, nutrition, mental health, relationships, and more. Welcome to my confessions in whole body health. Hey everyone, thanks so much for tuning in today. Today we are chatting about preparing for pregnancy and birth. And as many of you know that I'm already on this journey, thankfully almost done with that that pregnancy journey for this time around. Um, But I'm super excited today to chat with April and I'm gonna have her introduce herself first. Thank you. Thanks so much for having me, Erica. I'm excited to be here. So I am April. I am the founder of Unfold Motherhood, which is a prenatal yoga studio in Brea, California. I also teach online courses. Uh, I started that within the last year. So I'm a doula. I'm a prenatal yoga teacher. I am a childbirth educator. I'm a placenta encapsulation specialist. I teach yoga teachers how to teach prenatal yoga. And then I am also a mom of two little ones. Or not so little, I guess. My oldest is about to be 11. So little, but not too little. Um, So I've been doing this work for 10 years. And I came to this work because of the experience that I had with my oldest oldest daughter. Um, The pregnancy and the birth and the postpartum experience was a lot. And, you know, I knew I wanted to be a prenatal yoga teacher because I loved prenatal yoga when I was pregnant and it really impacted the experience for me. But when I took my training, my daughter was a year old, so everything was very fresh. And I learned so much about pregnancy and birth and postpartum. And I realized that the experience that I had was very normal for, for so many women. And it really didn't need to be. So I do what I do now to empower other women who are on the journey so they don't have the experience that I had and so that they have a better pregnancy, a better birth, and a better postpartum experience. Fantastic. So then to start us off, would you mind sharing what are maybe like a couple things that happened in that first pregnancy that you were like, this doesn't feel right or doesn't feel good or... (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. So I kind of did everything wrong. Um, But when you're pregnant, especially the first time, everything is so, it's so fresh and it's so new. And the process alone is overwhelming and knowing how your life is going to change is overwhelming. And then on top of that, you're trying to educate yourself about what's happening and what's going to happen. And it was just, the whole process was extremely overwhelming to me. But I took the hospital classes. I took all of the classes they had to offer. I read, I think one book. I read like one book. I read Ina May's Guide to Natural Childbirth, which is a great book. And I took prenatal yoga. And I went into it thinking, number one, I'm going to die because this is terrifying. I I literally thought I was going to die. And then number two, the other side, I was thinking, well, people do this all the time. And this is what my body was meant to do. So it'll be fine. So I had these like two extremes happening. And then when it came down to it, I had an induction and I was one day past my due date and I had to do a non-stress test. 
And they just did everything that they do and said, okay, well, we, the doctor decided that we're going to induce you today. So you need to go to the hospital right now. So I went to a place of fear and I was like, oh my gosh, something's wrong. Like I was just afraid. So I was like, well, this is what we have to do. I didn't ask any questions. I just kind of was like, oh my gosh, this is scary. We have to do this. And we go through all of that. We get to the hospital. They already start the process. And I start asking questions and I realize it wasn't a big deal. Like if I would have asked more questions, the doctor would have let me go home because the doctor on call said, oh, well, it's not really a big deal. Everything is probably fine. It's just an abundance of caution. You know, you're past your due date. And at that point, I was already all in. So we went through the induction process. Through the process, I didn't ask a lot of questions. I was just scared. And my husband was terrified as well. And it was long because my body wasn't ready. And then postpartum was hard. And knowing what I know now, I could have just asked questions. And, you know, we have a little acronym. It's called BRAIN. What are the benefits? What are the risks? What are the alternatives? You know, what is my intuition telling me? And what if we just wait? Like, can we, can we have some more time? If I would have asked any of those questions, my experience would have been so different. And just that little piece of my experience impacted my pregnancy or my birth experience. It impacted my postpartum. It impacted how I bonded with my baby. And now I'm, I just try to like tell women, ask questions, know your options, because I didn't know my options. And I remember being in the room asking my husband, like, is it okay if I, you know, do this? Can I walk around here, even though I'm on the monitor? Is it okay if I go to the bathroom? Like, what can I do? So my mindset was just not in the right place. Because, you know, I can go to the bathroom if I have to go to the bathroom, it's fine. But I kind of felt like I was, I had to ask permission to do anything. And a lot of people with their first pregnancy who just aren't educated or empowered enough feel the same way. And it's just such a disempowering experience. So that's just a piece of what went wrong um, in that process. And a lot of it was my lack of preparation. I will say, you know, my daughter is going to be 11. So 11 years ago, the birth world did look very different. Um, all the information that we have now just wasn't as easily and readily available. So now I think it's a little bit easier to get the information you need, but at the same time, it's so overwhelming. There's so much information out there. So I try to make it easy for people. Yeah, I really liked that, the acronym, that brain acronym, because I feel like maybe I don't like, I don't even know in that moment, I probably would have the same exact thing that you had done at first and just feel like, okay, okay, that's what we have to do. Sounds good. Okay. Um, where every time I go into an appointment and they're like, well, do you have any questions? I'm like, I don't know. Should I have questions? What should I ask questions about? Can you just like tell me information? Because I, I don't know. And I like to think of myself as like fairly educated. Like I also took the ho all the hospital classes, though I'm not exactly sure um, that I got really anything out of them, but I took them to like as be as prepared as I can get. I've talked to so many um, moms and stuff that have like told me all different sorts of stories and advice, but every time I go in, I'm like, I, I don't know. What am I supposed to ask you? Like, uh, okay. 
Yeah, it's it's very overwhelming. And it's like, even when you ask the questions, you know, if they, they suggest something or they mention something, you don't really know what to ask because you don't know what they're talking about and you don't know what your options are. And that's kind of why I like the acronym because you can just be like, well, why would I do that? What if I don't want to do that? What else can we do? So even if you don't know what to ask, that will give you some ideas. But I think that's also an unfortunate failure of the healthcare system is that to the doctors, it's just normal process for them. But like for the family, it's a big deal and they don't really know what's happening. So educating them in the visits would be such a wonderful thing to do, but it's just not something most OBs do. So we have to take it upon ourselves to do that extra work to kind of know what to ask and to do a little bit more homework than just, you know, the basic classes. And I think there's some really great podcasts out there now. So we can, we can kind of put ourselves on autopilot, listen to some podcasts and be like, oh, I'm going to ask my doctor that next time I go in, um, just to kind of facilitate conversation, which I think is really helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. What are some little things that we can do to prepare for this kind of like journey that's all of a sudden coming, not necessarily like the full on like motherhood journey, but like that process. Yeah. So there's a lot of little things that you can do that I think often get overlooked. Um, Number one, obviously I'm a proponent of moving your body during pregnancy. You know, prenatal yoga is one of the best things you can do for yourself and it's gentle enough and you can modify it. You can do it throughout your whole pregnancy, but moving your body regularly is going to be key to having an easier birth and just having less discomfort during your pregnancy. And then learning how to breathe and relax is so simplistic that I think people, when I tell people, they're just like, oh yeah, I know how to do that. Um, But doing it and practicing it throughout your pregnancy, you know, learning these skills of proper breathing to induce relaxation and practicing relaxation techniques during pregnancy not only helps you have a better pregnancy experience because you're reducing stress and everything that comes with it, but then you're learning tools that you can use in your birth and for the rest of your life, right? It's not just regulated to birth. So I teach people how to breathe. And I find that most, most people, pregnant or not, we breathe very poorly. And a lot of times we breathe backwards. So just starting really basic can really have a huge impact on, on you physically, mentally, and emotionally. So breathing, start with breathing, you know, listen to meditation. Um, there's a really great app that I always recommend. It's free. It's called Insight Timer, and it's full of meditations and music, and there's pregnancy meditations. And I think it's like the easiest way to, to tap into that. So taking time for that is really key. So movement, breathing, relaxation, and then just kind of educating yourself, you know, taking the classes, listening to podcasts, education is power, but getting on the same page with your birth partner. So whoever's going to be there with you for birth, um, whoever that person or that team is, making sure that you're all on the same page. Because if your partner doesn't know how you want to be supported or really what your goals are for birth or what you want to avoid they don't know how to support you. And then it's going to be even more stressful for them. So making sure that you and your partner communicate and prepare together, not just you taking classes and digesting all of that information. No, that's awesome. Those are such great tips. I think it is really important that 
Um, I feel like so often it's talked about how our partner is there with us. It's they're with us on this journey, this while we're giving birth. And that if we're not on the same page, if they have no idea what we're talking about, the doctor might ask a question and your might not be, I don't want to say totally there, but you know what I mean? To, to answer that question that kind of need their help to help facilitate, make sure that whatever our intention was hopefully happens. Yeah. A lot of times, you know, they become your advocate because mm-hmm. you're the one experiencing all of the sensations of, of labor. So they kind of have to speak on your behalf. And if you guys aren't on the same page, they'll be like, I don't, I don't remember. I don't know. Do we want to do that? And you're just like, kind of not in that headspace right now. And that's why, like, I talk a lot about creating birth plans and how important that is. And a lot of people tell me, well, it's just a piece of paper. And like my birth plan went out the window. It's not the, the paper that matters. It's the process of creating that plan. And when you do that, you learn your options and then you discuss them with your partner And then you start to get on the same page and they start to understand, okay, like this is what you want. This is how you want the space set up. You know, you you definitely don't want this. So I'll remember that. And that's the biggest piece of preparing is doing it together. Oh, yes, absolutely. I hear it time and time again. You've tried all of the weight loss programs, all the diets, every strategy you can find to live a healthier life and get back to the energy you used to have before kids and a job and becoming an adult. The life you dream of feels so far away and you're feeling burnt out, stuck, and just over it all. You'd rather give up than try one more program that just doesn't work for you. This is why I created the Wellness Shift Academy. This 12-month program is created for women who are ready to regain control of their health, their energy, and their lives. It is designed to find the strategies that work for you. There is no cookie-cutter strategy for your total wellness, which is why this coaching program is customized specifically for you, using eight different areas of wellness, not just the physical like so many other programs do. Let me get you closer to your wellness goals using only the strategies that work for you. For more details, visit powerof3wellness.com. Um, so let's talk a little bit more about the benefits and the differences about prenatal yoga. What makes it different than just modifying a normal, quote unquote, normal yoga class? I love this because um, a lot of people will tell me, oh, I'm, I'm doing Yo, I'm doing prenatal yoga. I just modify my normal yoga class. And that is not prenatal yoga. It's not even close to prenatal yoga. Prenatal yoga is so different than regular yoga. So the goal of a regular yoga class is going to be very different than the goal of a prenatal yoga class. You know, in a regular yoga class, you're not preparing your body to give birth to a baby. You're, you know, getting stronger or relaxing. Relaxing is great, right? There's still benefits, but prenatal yoga is specific to where you are in your body, what's happening, and also preparing you for what is to come. So in a regular yoga class, we might be working on strengthening the pelvic floor, Lula Banda, you know, Kegels, things like that. But we shouldn't be doing that when we're pregnant. We need to be working on softening the pelvic floor and 
you know, connecting to those deeper core muscles and preparing the body to get the baby into position for birth. So in prenatal yoga, we work on balancing the body for optimal fetal positioning. We don't work on fetal positioning in a regular yoga class, right? It's not something you would ever really discuss. Um, So prenatal yoga is very specific. Everything we do is to help you decrease those aches and pains, get your body into position, get your pelvic floor ready for birth. No matter what type of birth you have, your pelvic floor is going to go through a lot. We learn relaxation techniques, breathing techniques for birth. We talk about pushing. Um, The way that I teach every prenatal class is kind of like a little childbirth education class. We'll always have some sort of topic that we discuss. And I like to leave time at the beginning or the end where my students can ask questions because something will always come up and it just facilitates that community, which is also really important. And I think the community during pregnancy is of the utmost importance. So finding that community, whether it's in your prenatal yoga class or your online prenatal yoga class, I think is really important. So those are kind of like the big differences. Um, I think yoga is great, but I do encourage pregnant people to try prenatal yoga. And then if they're really hardcore yogis, to be okay with modifying and slowing down and using props. So a lot of times we think like, oh, I don't need props. Well, in prenatal yoga, they're so great at creating space. And that's what we want to do. We want to create space and using those props is going to help with that. So it it can be very humbling, I think, for people who've been practicing yoga for a really long time. But it does just, it just opens up like a whole new, a whole new world of yoga if you've been practicing for a long time. And then if you're totally new, the prenatal yoga teacher should be teaching to that. Because I found over the last 10 years, most of my students are brand new to yoga. They just come in and they say, I'm kind of nervous about this. You know, my doctor said I should try prenatal yoga or I heard how good it was. So here I am. So I teach to that as well. Yes, that is so important. Uh, it, It can be this like door opening experience for people to maybe that, yeah, their first experience with yoga. And then maybe after they'll take some post part of yoga classes, but then they might eventually be like, well, I actually really enjoyed taking this and might transition into a quote unquote normal regular yoga class. But I do find that with prenatal yoga, it's very often like their first experience with it. Yeah. And they're nervous too, right? Because they're pregnant. They're like, uh, I don't know this, I've heard, you know, yoga's hard. It looks scary. I don't know if I can do this. And I always, I always have to assure my, my new students, like, you're going to be fine you're going to take care, we're going to take care of you. You can do this. And you you can tell they're kind of nervous, but at the end of class, they're always just saying, oh, I feel so good. That is the point is feeling so great. And I have seen so many of my students continue with yoga after they have their baby, which I think is really cool. And then I do have students who tell me I only practice yoga when I'm pregnant. I'm like, okay, that's cool too. Like whatever works. So you get both sides. Absolutely. Absolutely. Can you talk a little bit more about the things that maybe pregnant women can do to have help get their pelvic floor ready for childbirth? Absolutely. So the pelvic floor is one of my favorite topics. And 
I think it's, I love to talk about it because it's something that doesn't get talked about enough. And when I was pregnant, another thing I did wrong was like a ton of Kegels because it still happens now, but the books and the classes, they tell you, oh, do 200 Kegels a day and you'll have an easy birth and a super strong pelvic floor. So I literally would do Kegels every time I was at a stoplight thinking I was benefiting my pelvic floor and my pelvic floor was so strong. When I, we took our, because of the pandemic and everything, our classes were virtual and my husband was sitting there next to me as we're, we're listening in and she's telling like, do the Kegels. And I was like, why are they still telling people to do that? Stop it. It is my biggest pet peeve. And you know, it's such out of date information now and we're still sharing it. And I think that's childbirth. I mean, that's everything in a nutshell, but in childbirth classes, I do find a lot of the information is just not up to date. And the thing about the pelvic floor is that actually can injure people. So it's something that like I tell people in all my classes, I don't teach Kegels. You probably shouldn't be doing them, do these things instead. And they will come up to me after class and be like, what are you, what are you talking about? Like, I thought I was supposed to be doing Kegels like crazy. And it's just like anything. Would we do like, you know, arm curls 200 times a day? No, because that's going to create an imbalance in our arm. And then it's going to affect other parts of the body. And the Kegel is the same idea. And we want a strong pelvic floor, but we want it to be supple. And we want it to be able to relax. That's really, really important. Learning to relax the pelvic floor is something that we need to do in general, but especially when we're pregnant. Most of us, just because the nature of life is so go, 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 we're in fight or flight mode a lot. Our pelvic floors tend to be tight and a tight muscle is a weak muscle. So learning to relax the pelvic floor and then to start to tone the pelvic floor. So that's why I teach breathing first. So deep diaphragmatic breathing is what is going to wake up your pelvic floor and it will start to, you know, it gets more increased blood flow. It's going to start to get healthier. You'll start to kind of feel the pelvic floor, which most of us have probably not ever felt our pelvic floor. And then you come to a prenatal class and they start talking about it and people think I'm crazy, Uh, but it takes a while. So I start with breathing, deep diaphragmatic breathing, practice it as often as you can. And then from there, I will practice, we'll talk about squats. So squatting in a variety of different ways is what we essentially do. One of the things instead of Kegels, because a squat stretches the muscle, it lengthens the muscle, but then it also contracts and engages the muscle. So we're getting that nice balance. And The thing with Kegels is number one, we don't know if we're doing them right. So unless there's a PT in there measuring the strength of your Kegel and the release, we have no idea what we're doing. So that's kind of one of the big problems with Kegels. We just don't know. And a lot of times with Kegels, people tend to really focus more on the engagement than that release. So then that muscle gets tight and weak. So diaphragmatic breathing, and a variety of different squats. And that's like the e- the easiest two things to start with to have a healthier pelvic floor. 
And it's important whether you have a vaginal birth or a cesarean birth, because during pregnancy, your pelvic floor goes through a lot and it is going to be affected. So it is something we want to get strong and supple. So after you have your baby, you don't have pain, you don't have discomfort, you don't have leakage. You know, a lot of people think leakage is normal. And just because it's, you know, common doesn't mean that it's normal. And it's something that we can generally fix with exercise and not surgery. So I, I, I always tell people that like, that's not normal. Like, Let's do some exercises. Let's see a pelvic floor PT. Yes, absolutely. I think that's another very common thing that I've heard a lot of is like, oh, just, just wait, because that's what's, that's what's coming. Like everyone goes through it. You know, every time you sneeze or laugh or whatever it might be. And it's like, no, no. It doesn't have to be that way. It absolutely does not have to be that way. And, you know, if just a couple people listen to this and learn that fact, yes. I think that's, that's changing people's lives. I do also think that because it's a, it's a woman's problem, the healthcare system doesn't care quite as much, right? Like, you know, we have Viagra and we have all of those things. You know, if, if you leak when you laugh or you sneeze, it's fine. That's just part of being a mom right um so knowing that you can fix that with exercise and it's not normal um pain also isn't normal so like people don't know that like pain in your hip or your low back like that can be related to your pelvic floor so you know some countries that's part of the postpartum package is you see a pelvic floor pt and you get to rehab that way Um, but in most countries it's not So taking your health into your own hands and seeing a pelvic floor PT, you know, if you, um, if you can get it covered by your insurance, just like bother your doctor until they refer you to one because you deserve to see a pelvic floor PT after you've been pregnant for almost a year and you have a baby. What, um, now I know that you're not a pelvic floor PT, but like, what does a pelvic floor PT do? Cause up until probably maybe the last couple of years, I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. I think a lot of people are surprised to know that it is a thing. Um, so essentially what they do is, well, actually I'll start by saying this. It's not invasive at all. I think a lot of people are afraid of it. Um, it is less invasive than a pap smear. Like it's, it's so just like easy. Uh, So don't be afraid of it. Um, But essentially they actually go in and they, they kind of test the muscles of the pelvic floor and they can just physically place their fingers on them and help them relax. They can tell you because they get to go in there and physically touch the muscles, you know, what's happening with your pelvic floor. You know, this side is really tight. This side is really weak. Your Kegel is good, but you have a hard time releasing or, you know, whatever's actually happening with that muscle, those muscles, they can tell you and they can give you exercises, the proper exercises to actually fix what is going on. And it's not just like Kegel type exercises, like it's the whole body is connected. Um, They also will check on your hip flexors. So um, my, my last appointment that I had she kind of like went in there by my hips and released my hip flexors because they are so tight. And 
know, I've been to PTs before, but no one, I did not know you could even release the hip flexor by just pressing into the inside of the hip bone. Um, so they can also help you with um, diastasis recti, which is a separation of the abdominals, very common during pregnancy. Um, so they will help you with that as well. So it is something I, I wish that we could all see a pelvic floor PT. And if you can make it happen, I highly encourage that you do. Awesome. That's such good information. Yeah. I literally probably heard about it for the first time, maybe like within the last two years. And then I had a client who asked me who had been referred from her OB to a pelvic floor PT. And she was asking me questions and I was like, I don't, I don't know what they do. I, I don't. I don't know. I know it's a thing. I wasn't surprised when you got referred there, but I was like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. It's, I, I do feel like the conversation has started to happen more in the last couple of years, uh, but we still need to talk about it more and just, you know, educate people and, you know, find resources for them. Cause it's, you know, most people have no idea that these things exist. So I, I, share about pelvic floor and PTs all the time. I, when I had my last appointment, I did an Instagram live and told everyone like, okay, this is what she did. So they would be like, oh, okay, it's not as scary as it sounds. And this can really improve my quality of life, which I think is key. Absolutely. And I feel that so it's so easy for people to go see a regular PT because of their knee or their ankle or whatever it might be. But then it's like your pelvic floor is a huge part of your body. And I don't necessarily mean large, but like, like you had said, it's connected to everything. It's so important that why would we just forget about it or not address it? It's a mystery to me as well. And when I talk about the anatomy of the pelvic floor and how big it actually is, I think people think it's just like teeny tiny. But it, it's big and it's the base of your core. And if your core, if your pelvic floor is weak, but you, you have a really strong like six pack core or whatever, well, your core is actually weak too, because you've been ignoring your pelvic floor and it's part of the core. So I think when people start to understand how important it is, that they are a little bit more willing to kind of pay attention to it. I totally agree with that. Absolutely. Um, is there anything else that you would like to add that you would like listeners to know about? So I think, obviously, I'm very passionate about educating yourself for pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Because if you are educated, then you know your options. And if you don't know your options, you don't have any. And then that increases stress and anxiety. And then you don't look back at the experience as positive as you could. And, you know, we all want to have really positive kind of beautiful birth experiences and we can, we just have to kind of do our homework and put together our team and trust our care provider. So educate yourself, do your homework. Um, there are lots of great resources out there. So make sure you find people that you trust and are qualified and then the other thing I like to mention is don't forget to prepare for what happens after the baby comes. Because I think, well, I know for a fact, it's just something we, we think we will figure out when we get there. And then we get there and we go, why did no one tell me this was going to be so hard? 
So do not forget to prepare for postpartum. You can do that by taking courses. Um, you can read a book. You can listen to podcasts. You can talk to other moms who are kind of fresh in it. Um, I feel like the more recently they had a baby, the more rawness you will get from them. So don't forget to educate yourself for postpartum as well. Oh, yes. So important. So important. So now where can my listeners find you, learn more about you, follow you? So I am Unfold Motherhood on all platforms. I am on Instagram and TikTok and my website. So Unfold Motherhood is where you can find me. I share lots of really great tips to help educate you on this process. Awesome. Awesome. So I'll make sure to include uh, links for those right in the show notes so we can find you easily. Any parting words for our listeners? Don't be afraid of the experience. Educate yourself so you can release that fear and have an empowering pregnancy, birth, and postpartum. Yes, I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much for joining me today. It was a pleasure to get to chat with you. Thanks so much for having me. This is great, Erica. Thanks so much for tuning in today. If you enjoyed this episode, please like, share, and leave a review so others can find me too. For more wellness chats, join Power of Three Whole Body Health Club. Link is in the show notes. This free Facebook community is for women ready to regain control of their wellness, energy, and their lives. Catch you there and right back here next week. Talk to you soon.